1: Yeah. The Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline knows you might not be able to get out to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head on over to Bet Online today and use promo code armchair to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. <laughs> Welcome back guys. Gonna close the book on week 17 and the regular season for 2020 as our beloved are one of the 14 remaining teams in the NFL that have something to play for. We have a wild card game coming up this Sunday with the new orleans saints but before we can get to that got to close-up shop here with the packers and week number 17 a game that started promising and, and looked good for most of the first three quarters i mean the second quarter aside i guess but um you know it, it all came apart in the fourth quarter as uh, i guess reality set in or whatever you want to call it but uh you know we uh we played them tough like we usually do and uh, in the end, it was, uh, you know, the Packers proved to be too much for one reason uh, or another. But we'll go ahead and we'll dive into that. We got knee-jerk reactions, everything under the sun. So we close the book on week 17 in the regular season and get on to the postseason where everybody is zero and zero. And, uh, you know, if, if you're in the tournament, you got a chance. And we're in the tournament, so we got a chance. So let's go ahead and get to it. It's the week 17 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Let's close the book on the regular season. You know, there's an old know. saying that goes uh, something like, it doesn't matter how you got here, what matters is what you do while you are here. So, you know, glass half full, it doesn't matter how we got to the playoffs, we're here. Now we have to make the most of this opportunity, and uh, you know, try not to embarrass ourselves uh, if if we're a one and done uh, team, which uh, all the odds say that we are. What's going on, everybody? Larity back to week seventeen review episode of the Bears Talk Underground, closing the book on Bears Packers, so we can move on to uh, to uh, a more brighter topic like this game ahead. And, uh, you know, the fact that we gave the the Saints all they could handle uh, 10 weeks ago when they came to Soldier Field and the fact that, uh, you know, even though I think we have the worst odds of any team, we're like nine and a half under nine and a half point underdogs going into the Saints game um, that uh, (laughs) we have just as much a right to be here as the seven and nine division champ NFC East uh washington football team does so uh you know to hell with it but i keep talking about the playoff game we still got to close the book on week 17 first so um you know it was like i said I, i was looking forward to the game i was interested to see what we would look like um now that we're you know fully entrenched with the with the mitch led offense with the uh david montgomery with the better offensive line and uh just hoping crossing our fingers that the defense would be able to find itself again. You know, the team, the the unit of our team that I kept saying week in and week out during our losing streak gave a victory-worthy performance, but our offense let them down. And then it's like after the bye, I don't know if they just, like, if they just cashed it in or, you know, I don't know if if this is some kind of mutiny or whatever or maybe uh, Chuck Pagano just, you know, just just shit in the bed the last half of the season I don't know but I mean it's just there's no real explanation for what's going on here I mean I know that you know we we lost the Keem Hicks for a game um, you know or that we didn't have him for the Green Bay game Khalil Mack's been banged up from time to time Jalen Johnson's been out the last few weeks uh, and things like that but you know we gave up 40 points when Jalen Johnson was on the team to Green Bay uh, earlier in the year and 34 points to Detroit when Jalen Johnson was still out there and uh, and all that kind of stuff, and uh, you know, uh, we 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 lost uh, Roquan Smith in about second quarter uh, of the game, but you know he's been around the whole the whole season and, and everything like that. It's just you know we have everybody. We, you know, Robert Quinn's not having a great year, but we he's been there all season. Uh, Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Bilal Nichols, uh, you know, and things like that. It's just. You know Roy Robertson Harris wasn't so important to our defense that the defense started going south when we lost him. You know what I mean? Uh, I'd love to have Roy Robertson Harris back, but you know he wasn't so he wasn't such a you know a big cog in the defense that the machine just falls apart uh, without him. I mean it would be crazy if if that was true, uh, but it's just you know we've been without Eddie Goldman all season long, and that's hurt us in the running game from time to time. But we seem to shore that up, and you know. The funny thing was, the guys that were supposed to hurt us, like Derrick Henry and and Dalvin Cook, didn't necessarily have. I mean, Dalvin Cook got his yards against us, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, but he really wasn't a factor in the football game. As far as like, you know, he had yards like that against Green Bay, and that's why they beat Green Bay, uh, you know, several weeks ago and everything like that. But it's, you know, we somehow we were able to overcome that. We shut them down for the most part until the teams got team Hicks got hurt in the first game. Derrick Henry wasn't able to get big yards on us. Alvin Kamara didn't have, you know, uh, you know, 150 yards rushing on us or or anything like that. It always kind of seemed like the guys that weren't supposed to hurt us were the ones that did, and the ones that were supposed to run through us, we seemed to be able to handle them pretty well. But, you know, I don't know what is that's been going on with the defense, and it, it reared its ugly head again yesterday, uh, especially in uh, that second quarter. And what's most frustrating is, to me and i brought this up last night on the the bear bear down show was that um if you look at like the stat sheet if you look at like the team stats we ran like 30 more plays than they did we had like 11 minutes time of possession uh we had one penalty the whole football game that pass interference uh call on uh, on duke shelley that was it was either you know, get the pass interference or give up the touchdown, Duke Shelley made the right choice. You know, he gave the defense another chance to to stop Green Bay as opposed to, you know, avoiding the penalty and, and letting Devonte Adams score uh, and things like that. It was the only penalty in the whole game uh, for the Bears. So we didn't kill ourselves with penalties. One thing I w- was saying in the preview episode, we can't have like this huge big play and then get it called back from stupid holding penalty or, you know, we can't, uh, you know, stop them on third down and have a pass interference call or a legal contact call or something like that. We avoided that yesterday. And, you know, it was uh, we had a couple of turnovers that hurt us, uh, and the, uh, the red zone is what really did us in. Uh, four trips for Green Bay, four touchdowns, five trips for the Bears, one touchdown. That was the only place that Green Bay in the whole stat sheet actually won. They won in in the red zone, obviously. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is.
0: And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. So I'm gonna tell it, Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate.
1: And they had we they forced two turnovers. We forced one everywhere else. The Bears had them. Time of possession, total yards, plays, first downs. You name it. The Bears won the game. You know. So it's basically like we won it everywhere except on the scoreboard. And that's why Green Bay is 13-3, and three. that's why they're the number one seed, that's why they have the weekend off, and uh, that's why we have struggled all season long, and we are lucky that we backed our way uh, into the playoffs. So, that just kind of sums it up right there. But um, let's get to these knee-jerk reactions, because um, I, I get into it uh, you know, quite a bit uh, with the game and, and, and what's really going on. It was kind of an optimistic start. Uh, with the first quarter, we took the opening drive down the field for a touchdown, and uh, you know we ended the first quarter with a seven-nothing lead, and things were looking okay. You know we're, we're, we we got off to the start that we wanted. We we, we did what we wanted. You know, it was like hanging on to the football, seven and a half minute opening drive, but Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are still Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, so it's never a foregone conclusion. Just because you were able to do what you needed to do doesn't mean they won't be able to do what they need to do. Knee-jerk reaction, Bears-Packers after the first quarter and uh, a very quick, very fast first quarter. The Bears start out with the football. We catch our first break before the first snap of the game. On the kickoff, Cordero Patterson uh, sees the balls kind of dying. As he's running to it, he slips as he's wanting to do that play where you step out of bounds. And then touch the football to give the Bears the ball at the 40-yard line, like slow motion. It almost looks like he's touching the ball before he slides out of, out of out of bounds. That awesome Soldier Field turf almost cost us 39 yards at the start of the game. We'd have been at the one-yard line if that call does not go our way. First break, we get the call. Then it was a 14-play, seven and a half-minute drive, and in the middle of that. The huge scare, it looked like David Montgomery hyperextends his knee on a run and comes out, and you're like, oh, great. Now we're going to have to figure out how to do this with Cordero Patterson, Artavis Pierce, Ryan Nall running the football against the Packers, and like four plays later, who's running back out onto the field but David Montgomery who finishes the drive with a touchdown, and the Bears on the opening drive, 14 plays, seven and a half minutes, put a touchdown on the board, and Green Bay's running it back. Their first drive is still going on right now. Um, The Bears had an opportunity to stop them. Uh, The the Packers went for it on fourth down. Um, Duke Shelley was covering Devontae Adams, and uh, I guess he decided uh, pass interference was uh, better than... uh, giving up a touchdown because he did some holding and grabbing on Adams uh, to give them the first down. Green Bay is inside the 10-yard line. I think they're actually inside the five right now, and I think it's second down, third down, something like that. But right now it's a 7 nothing lead for the Bears. Green Bay may or may not be evening up the score here in just a moment. But, you know, defense obviously needs to tighten some things up. So that, you know, Aaron and company don't keep, you know, trotting down the field on us like this. But offense, no complaints so far. We were mixing it up. We're running the ball, short passes, moving the chains, keeping the clock going. And, uh, you know, right now it's 7 nothing. We'll see how it goes from here. So more of an optimistic tone in my voice to start things off because we did. Exactly what we wanted to do or needed to do or what I hoped we would do in the beginning with the opening drive, seven and a half minutes, keeping Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines, you know, making sure that he's got to be the one that's got to make sure to keep warm on the sideline because we're just eating up all the clock uh, and hanging on to it. Fourteen plays, uh, getting first downs, moving the chains and then finishing it off with a touchdown, not a field goal, but a touchdown. And boom, we're up seven nothing. Uh, just like that. And like I said, that 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 call, you kind of got the feeling that, uh, you know, I'd, it wasn't so much that you, you got the feeling this was going to be our day. But you kind of got a, uh, at at very at the very least, I w- had the feeling that it was going to be about who was better as opposed to who was luckier. You know what I mean? Like we <laughs> we got that call and you could call that lucky uh, if you want. But it just felt like it was going to be more about football than it was. Uh, about the referees getting involved you know or the replay booth seeing something that you can't figure out what they saw uh, or anything like that uh you just kind of got the feeling that it was going to be up to the bears to win this game and we weren't going to be doing a show like this talking about how the referees screwed us or how you know oh look at that green bay got all the calls again what a surprise or or anything like that we we're honestly able to just sit here and say you know what Rodgers and the Packers, they're just some bad dudes, man. They came into town, they took care of business, and they beat us, which is what happened. So, you know, I don't really have any complaints as far as that goes. They're, they are a, a better football team, and they beat us like they probably should have. So, um, you know, it, it, and, but it was comforting to see that it wasn't going to be about the, about the bad calls. We weren't going to have to wonder what if and all the rest of that nonsense. We were just going to be able to play the game and, and see how it unfolds. And, um, you know, you heard me mention there at the end, the defense just needs to tighten some things up. It it just seems like, you know, for, for whatever reason, and it's not just against Green Bay, I mean, it's especially against Green Bay, but not just against Green Bay, that our defense are monsters on first and second down, and then third down they go to pieces. Well, the thing was, Green Bay only had seven third down opportunities in this football game, but they converted four of them. And, you know, it just seemed like whenever they needed that play, they got it. And I guess that's why they're 13-3 and and we're we're 8-8. and But, you know, it it just seemed like we uh, couldn't stop them when we absolutely had to. You know, it just – and that's, you know, really kind of where it came down to it. We couldn't slow them down and force field goals. We were giving up touchdowns uh, and everything. And the second quarter is really where it kind of all kind of – fell apart i mean the fourth quarter is where it really came apart at the seams we weren't really out of it in in the the second quarter but that's where it went bad uh the packers did finish that first drive with a touchdown and then we had some other things that (laughs) you know that just did not go our way and uh you know green bay got the breaks and they took advantage of them which is what teams with a record like theirs are supposed to do. Knee-jerk reaction, Bears-Packers second quarter, and uh, yeah, that did not go well at all. Uh, The Packers did, in fact, finish off that first drive with a touchdown uh, to Robert Tunyon. Then uh, the Bears punted on their second drive, and... I might fumble the the, the sequence of events here, Um, but I think Green Bay scored on their second drive, then, was it the second drive? Well, here's the the, the exciting part, was that on a punt return, Demetrius Harris jars loose a fumble, we recover at the 20-yard line, and... Here we are sitting at the red zone. We did absolutely nothing with that. We ended up with a field goal, and I think we went up 10-7. Yeah, we went up 10-7, and then Green Bay, on the ensuing drives, on their next two drives, uh, scored touchdowns. Uh, One really big touchdown where Chuck Pagano decided to uh, have Danny Trevathan cover uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling in the slot, and that was the 72-yard touchdown uh, mistake uh, right there and then later on uh, Green Bay again um, after a Cole comet fumble that uh, I say we got screwed on that call uh, it looked like he was he was like literally sitting on the ground when the ball comes out but it was rule a fumble on the field and I guess that was one of those where They didn't feel there was enough evidence to overturn it, so it stayed with Green Bay, and they put that into the end zone. So they've had the ball three times. They've scored three touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers is a perfect 10-for-10 for for three touchdowns so far in this game. So the defense has not shown up, and uh, the offense is doing its best. I mean, we actually uh, drove the ball here. And uh, got a field goal just before the end, so it's it's not over. It's twenty-one to thirteen right now. It's just that Chuck Pagano's, or, or excuse me, Matt Lafleur's playing chess while Chuck Pagano's playing checkers, and we're getting smoked on defense. The good news, however, is that after the Cardinals took an early lead, the Rams are ahead now of the Cardinals. Uh, It's a weird score, like 12-7 to uh, out there. But um, right now, we're Rams fans, rooting for them to maintain and hang on to this lead so we can back our way into the playoffs. Because after watching that first half, I don't think there's any way we win this one. A lot of things are going to have to change and start going our way in the second half. And, you know, for anyone who's been watching this team all season... We don't play well in the third quarter. You know, we just don't. So, yeah, it's going to be ugly. Uh, Or at least, you know, based on the first half, it's not going to be pretty. That's for sure. So, go Rams. And hopefully hopefully the Bears can turn it around and figure it out and do it themselves. But other than that, it's go Rams, go Rams, go Rams. Yeah, and that was the funny thing because I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth there because it's it's a one score game. We're only down twenty one to thirteen uh at the half there. But we couldn't turn that that turnover uh that we got like at the twenty five yard line. We couldn't put that uh in the end zone. We had to settle for a field goal. So instead of fourteen to seven, it's ten to seven. Then, you know, the out of Pagano and putting Danny Trevathan on Juan Valdez uh, or um, uh, Valdez-Scantling all it was over from the snap of the football because I guess it was also part of the play that uh, that Trevathan fake the blitz and then drop into coverage to which, you know, Scantling was already about 10 yards in front of him and it was just, you know, Trevathan chasing uh Valdez Scantling down the field uh while you know Aaron Rodgers just puts it perfectly where he's supposed to hits him in stride and off to the races uh we are so I mean that play was an unmitigated disaster uh and then of course on the ensuing drive uh Cole Komet who's fumbled a couple of times this year hopefully that's something the rookie works on uh during the offseason which hopefully isn't until February sometime but uh you know you look at it, and it really does look like he's sitting on the ground because it was one of those tackles where he, the defender, kind of rolled Comet over top of him, and you know where he hadn't touched the ground, uh, kind of thing. And as like as he was touching the ground, the ball is coming loose, and it was called a fumble uh, on the field, and uh, you know they we couldn't get it reversed upon. Uh, review and it was if it wasn't already in the red zone it was pretty damn close and as you've already heard me say Green Bay was a 100% in the red zone for touchdowns uh, on Sunday so there they are with the short field boom right back in the end zone we go and it, now it's 21 to 10 and uh, the Bears have had a gift all year for one reason or another of being able to put points on the board just before halftime and sure enough, we go the length of the field just before the half and kick a field goal to make it a one-score game, twenty-one to uh, twenty-one to thirteen. But then you heard me say it's like after watching Car Farv uh, Farv watching um, Rogers and company carve us up in that second quarter for three touchdowns in three different ways. My confidence in this defense being able to stop him in the second half, or to, for Pagano to make the adjustments to stop him or slow him down uh, in the second half were pretty much zero because I'm automatically like, yeah, it's a one-score game, but go Rams, go Rams, go Rams because this defense can't stop Aaron Rodgers. I just watched him for a whole quarter not stop him do anything, you know? It's like it was, it was very hard to watch. It's frustrating to sit there, and like you heard me say, uh, watch Lafleur play chess while Pagano's playing checkers you know it just uh it, it 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 really does feel like I said last night in the the Bear Bear Down show that you know obviously there's some talent deficits you know where, where Green Bay is obviously better than we are but I always kind of feel especially with you know Valdez Scantling he's like a fifth or a sixth round uh pick and you know there's guys like that all over the field for for Green Bay, this is very much a team that does not rely even even with the new uh, uh, upper management in, in in the in the front office with the GM and everything with uh and whatnot. He's not afraid to spend some money and go out and get people. But for the most part, this is still an organization that builds from within. And Valdez Scanling is a draft choice. Um, you know all these other guys, uh, Jamal Williams. Aaron Jones and and whatnot these are all internal guys that they've drafted so it's not like they've got a slew uh, of first round picks or they've got a ton uh, of free agents that they've plucked from other teams uh and everything these you know they're going out and they're finding the guys and they're just they're coaching them up you know it just feels like you know we, we the, like at times it's felt like we've had more talent but they've got better coaching so their talent knows they're they're maximizing their talent better than we are um and i think that's that you know valdez scantling is a perfect uh, example of that what they've gotten out of Devonte adams who i think was a, a a day three pick or something like that what they've gotten out of him and uh you know best receiver in the league most receptions Uh, Or was it the most touched? 18 touchdowns. Uh, He led the NFL in touchdowns this year, uh, or receiving touchdowns anyway. And it just, you know, they're maximizing their talent, which means they're coaching better. And I, I guess it also just means they have a better organization from top to bottom because they're finding these guys, and then they're getting them in the building, and then they're coaching them up. And, you know, granted, they've got one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and that's something that we definitely don't have. But it just seems like, you know, they always seem to be a step ahead of us. Um, You know, no matter how good our defenses have been, for some reason their offenses have always been able to find that hole or find that crease or, you know, exploit that weakness or whatever that has always gotten them to be better than us. I mean, think back to, like, 2001. We went 13-3, and and the thing was our three losses was – week 1 to the defending world champion Baltimore Ravens and then we lost two games to Green Bay and we were 11 and 0 against everybody else you know or you know it just 13 and 0 against everybody else and uh it just uh it was frustrating it's frustrating to always lose to Green Bay and and even more frustrating for them to make it look so goddamn easy and that's why i say that uh you know, Pagano's playing checkers while is playing chess because when we do it, we got to fight for it. We got to grind it out. We got to, you know, we make it look so damn hard. But when the Packers do it, even back in the Favre days, guys are wide open. I mean, that, that pass that, that to Tunyon, it, number one, he had forever to throw the ball, and Tunyon was like his third or fourth read on that play. But when he found Tunyon, Tunyon was wide open in that end zone. Valdez-Scantling. That was a matchup. They saw that. They exploited it. Boom. Easy. Dropping the bucket touchdown uh, for him. And then the third one was like to some fullback, number 49 or whatever. But when he catches the ball, wide. Like nobody within a 10 yard radius of this guy when he catches the ball in the end zone after the Cole Komet fumble. They just make it look so damn easy. And that's what's so frustrating. You know, it'd be one thing because it's like. When we lose a game to Minnesota or if we lose a game to Detroit, it was always kind of a back-and-forth kind of battle. And, you know, it's just, you know, yeah, you're upset you lost, but, you know, they made more plays than we did kind of thing. It's just, but when it's green Bay, it's just so frustrating because anything that we earn against green Bay, we have to scratch and claw and fight and dig, you know, and just, you know, dig deep and go get it. And green Bay is just like, you know, Rogers right, is back to like, ho hum, just, just toss it right over the top. Boom. 72 yard touchdown, make it look like they do this a hundred times a day. So, that's the frustrating part It's not so much losing to green bay but it's just like we look more times than not like we have no goddamn business being on the field with them most of the time and that in my opinion comes down to coaching not because they are so overly talented than we are because i don't think that they are um it's just they are coached so much better than us and that's been a a huge deficit between these two teams for far too long and uh you know, they exploited that weakness yesterday uh, with Pagano against uh, LaFleur. And uh, LaFleur won that one in a laugher. So we're going into the, th- into the third quarter here. And pessimistic as I was, the third quarter actually went pretty well for the most part. We had some opportunities, and I really feel like this is what hurt us the most in the game as far as like getting back into it or trying to regain control of it where there were some opportunities that we missed, opportunities that you absolutely have to take advantage of, and we didn't. And even though it was still close after three, I feel like we lost the game for the most part in the third quarter. Knee-jerk reaction, Bears-Packers third quarter, and this was a very Bears quarter, actually. You know, the third quarter has been such a a, – an Achilles heel for the bears this year um you know during this uh, winning streak and and everything that's it hasn't been quite as big a disaster but you were thinking with the way the first half went that uh, the third quarter was just right for how green bay would take this game and and run away with it but very much the opposite uh the bears um stopped green bay and we got a luck we got a break on that play too but valdez scantling they ran a play looked very similar to the one that they smoked us for 72 yards on this time the bears were smart enough to put duke Shelley on them but still would have gotten smoked for another touchdown but scantling dropped the ball saved our ass on that one and the, the 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 packers end up hunting on their last drive the packers on offense should have ended sooner than it did because Eddie Jackson dropped a fumble on third down or on second down or excuse me dropped an interception on second down. Then Barkevius Mingo ma- almost made a play on interception on third down. The Packers punt again. So two drives, zero points from Green Bay on in this quarter. The Bears had a very nice looking drive, but what's been hurting us has been. Four red zone trips, only one touchdown. Cairo Santos uh, with three field goals thus far. It's a 21-16 game right now. So we enter the fourth quarter. The Bears have the football. I think we're in in Green Bay territory at this time. If not, we're really close. But we are literally nickel and diming it down the field. Allen Robinson just caught his first pass of the game uh, on this drive. He had only one target before this. So, um, you know, I don't know if it's just the, that we've, the Green Bay's kind of canceled him out or if it's because Robinson's running the deeper stuff and Mitch is throwing to all the short intermediary uh, routes that uh, Robinson has been so much of a non-factor up to this point. But it's 21-16. to 16, We're in this thing, and we'll see if we can pull it off uh, the other good news is the Rams are up 15 to 7 on the Cardinals now, so this might work out for us either way. But we want to keep going here in the fourth quarter, win this thing on our own. <laughs> the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online knows you might not be able to get out to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head on over to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Support for the BearStock Underground is also brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels and helping 2 million men all over the world get rid of the hair on their balls. If you let yourself go in 2020 while in quarantine, Manscaped is here for you to reboot and stay clean and shaved in 2021. Uh, Manscaped is here to give you a fresh start in 2021 with their Perfect Package 3.0 that has all the right tools for the job. Come out of quarantine with clean balls thanks to the Lawnmower 3.0. This waterproof and skin safe trimmer will reduce nicks to your two best friends. The third generation trimmer even has a light to give you the glow up you need in 2021. It's also time to freshen up down there this new year. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And for the -the on-the-go freshness, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. 2020 was awful, so make sure your boys are refreshed and ready for new beginnings in 2021. Manscaped even threw in the uh, in their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. Speaking of comfort, the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included and are hands down the best underwear you'll ever wear. A guy with hairy balls is like the year 2020. Don't be that guy. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. Make Santa proud. Your balls will thank you. And with that, let's get back to the show. So, again, after the same as the first quarter, uh, more of an optimistic tone, in my voice, we had the lead after the first quarter. You know they Green Bay's, uh, you know, hasn't scored and blah blah blah. Then after the second quarter, I'm like, meh, we're just like, yeah, we're we're done because uh, it looks like uh, it looked like uh, Green Bay was heating up on us, and uh, you know, we 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 had nothing in the in that se- in that second quarter, and uh, it, it just uh, it just looked like it was going to be Sunday Night Football back in Week 12, repeating itself where they just pull away from us and maybe we throw in a garbage touchdown at the end and so on and so forth. But the third quarter, uh, like I said, we, we got a break with, with Valdez Scantling dropping that second touchdown pass, uh, cause it should have been an easy walk in touchdown, uh, like it was, uh, the first time, but <sighs> Eddie Jackson. And, and I know that he should have a couple of interceptions, Or a couple of other, because he had that one against the Rams that didn't really matter. But he's had a couple of touchdowns taken away from him this year. That one uh, against the Giants, and uh, I think there was another one against Carolina. uh, Stupid penalties, bogus penalties, uh, taking those away from him uh, and everything. But it just seems like you know the Eddie Jackson that that made himself the, the one of the best safeties. In the league that made himself worthy of the what fifteen million a season the Bears uh, are paying him now, keeps you know just missing out on the opportunities to show he's worth that money, you know, or that he's earning that money. He he proved himself worthy of the contract. Now he's not living up to it because he had zero interceptions this year. And like I said, I know that he had a couple taken away from him uh, and everything, but it just seemed like. You know, back in 2017, 2018, Eddie Jackson was making plays all over the place, and then last year he tapered off, and then this year he's been completely out. You know, he's no interceptions on the season. It just seemed like, and there, how many times? Because he he dropped one in the Saints game that we should have won. He dropped another one here where the ball just goes right through his fingertips and right through his hands. You know, like the like his shirt's, you know, covered in, in Vaseline or something. that just just shoots right through there. And Mingo, I, I kind of sort of give him a pass because he read the play. He was, you know, backpedaling. Uh, Rogers kind of tried to, you know, throw the ball around him. He tried to put a, a different kind of throw on it. So he was kind of awkwardly twisting to try to get to the ball. He got his hands on it, so you want him to catch that. But Mingo shouldn't have had to try to make that play because we should have already had the goddamn ball because Eddie Jackson picked it off on second down uh, instead. But two big opportunities. Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw interceptions, guys. He just doesn't. He's got 48 touchdowns on the year. I think he's thrown four interceptions, five all season long. And there was another one in the fourth quarter. Rodgers threw us three interceptions and we didn't come away with any of them. We didn't come away with any of them, (laughs) and you can't let, because like I said, Aaron Rodgers doesn't make these mistakes, so you can't let him get away with them when he does, you know, when he has that rare moment where he is, where he proves himself to be human, you can't let him get away with those mistakes, and we did, and we did, God only knows what we would have done with the football, but we'll never know because we didn't come down with it. We didn't get the football when we had the chance and take it back the other way, whether it was Mingo or whether Eddie Jackson picks himself off or picks himself up off the ground after he picks it off and off to the races he goes, you know, that touchdown that he scored against the Giants, I didn't think he was going to score, but here he is twisting and weaving and turning and bobbing and touching. We got a touchdown that got called back because of a bogus pass interference call uh, on Eddie Jackson of all people, but. You know, it just – we didn't take advantage of those opportunities. And Olin Krutz, I saw uh, somebody tweeted out uh, what he said. I think it was on the radio that, you know, you hear Eddie Jackson had another great quote. Like, Eddie Jackson's, you know, pretty good for making statements to the media and and saying memorable things. And and Olin Krutz is like, I would prefer that Eddie Jackson make a great tackle or Eddie Jackson make a great interception. He needs to play better football instead of – you know, you know, giving great quotes, I want him to make great plays. I would prefer that he's making great plays. He's not by any means telling Eddie Jackson that he needs to shut up or anything like that. It's just he would prefer to hear more about what he what Eddie Jackson is doing on the field than what Eddie Jackson is saying off of it. So, uh, you know, it's 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 clear that Eddie is 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 a leader or, you know, somebody that that speaks uh, to the team and uh, and all that kind of stuff. And that's great. But I would prefer that he's more of a, uh, a doer than a talker. And uh, I'm with Olin Kruitz in, in saying that I would much rather hear about the plays Eddie Jackson is making, him making some kind of amazing tackle, or him making one of those right-on-time interceptions like he did uh, back in 2017 and 2018. I would much rather hear about, hear and see those things than hear about some great locker room quote Uh, that he made after the game to try to pick his teammates up or something like that I would much rather that be the narrative again that Eddie Jackson just made a play you couldn't wrap your head around because it was so awesome as opposed to you know like man did you hear what Eddie Jackson said to the team that was really great man really great I would much rather hear about you know, him pecking, picking off Aaron Rodgers in the third quarter and seeing wh- how that could have changed the game rather than him giving some inspirational quote after the game. I'm 100% all in with Olin Krutz, uh on that one. So, but we're going into the fourth quarter. We're down five, 21 to 16. We have the football. You know, we ha- we're have we doing another one of those nickel and dime uh, drives. We're moving the chains. We're, we're moving it down the field. We're keeping Rodgers and company off the field we're within one score you know we score a touchdown we're back in this thing we've got the lead or maybe we got a field goal and it's down to a two-point lead and all that kind of stuff but possibilities are endless to what could be happening in the fourth quarter and then like I said reality set in Green Bay took control handed the Bears their eighth loss but thankfully the Rams took care of business So we back our way into the playoffs, whether we deserve it or not. Knee-jerk reaction, fourth quarter, Bears and Packers, and there's about 19 seconds and counting to go as the Bears are just kind of running out the clock here, and Mitch is literally running, and he's taken down at the four. But, um, yeah, the fourth quarter is where this thing all came apart, and... It was the fault of the offense and the defense that kind of took turns uh, blowing this one. Uh, the drive that the Bears finished the third quarter um, that they took into the fourth quarter was an, was an eight-and-a-half-minute drive with 15 plays that ended up with nothing. Because we got the ball down into like near red zone territory. Could have kicked another field goal to make it 21-19. The Bears decide to go for it on fourth down. But instead of running like a short yardage running play or something, the Bears decided they wanted to uh, throw the ball. And Mitch nearly throws an interception when he's trying to catch uh, Allen Robinson. And they come away with nothing. The Packers take that drive down the field. And at one point in the drive, Aaron Rodgers throws an interception that we drop again. So Eddie Jackson, um, who was it? Barkevius Mingo, Kendall Vildor, all dropped gifts from Aaron Rodgers. I mean, this this guy doesn't make those mistakes. We have to make him pay for them, and we failed to do that today. And after we give up that uh, intercept, or after we get you know don't take the interception, the 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 uh, Packers. Take that in for a touchdown. It was like the next like three plays were two first downs, and then they finish it off and put it in the end zone to make it 28-16, which was basically that was the ball game right there. And then uh, Mitch throws an interception uh, on the very next drive that the Packers just pile on, put another touchdown on in the on the board, 35-16, which is your final score here. And you know, despite what we have. What really killed us was the red zone. The Packers were in the red zone four times, scored four touchdowns. The Bears, four trips to the end in the red zone, one touchdown. I mean, there's the ball game right there. So uh, anyway, despite all the negativity I've just been spewing out of my face, the, uh, the Cardinals lost, so we're in. We made the playoffs. We backed our way in. Uh, we're an 8-8, eight eight, 7 seed in the NFC. And it looks like uh, we got New Orleans next week. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's New Orleans. I think they have whatever tiebreaker over Seattle. Because Seattle's beating the, the 49ers right now. Carolina's, or New Orleans already beat Carolina. And obviously Green Bay's locked up the number one seed. So it looks like we're going to New Orleans to uh, take on the Saints next week. Let's see how uh, see if we can make some noise in the playoffs, or if we can just uh, you know back our way out of the playoffs the same way we backed in. And I guess that's what it's really going to come down to for, for teams like uh, Washington and for teams like the Bears, teams that that you know a lot of people feel like they don't deserve to be uh, in the postseason. What are you going to do about it? You know, what are we going to do about that? Uh, But we'll talk more about that uh, later this week. But, you know, in the fourth quarter, like I said, uh, a third interception dropped, this one by Kendall uh, Vildor, and and this was – it would have been a brilliant play on his part if he did because it was one of those where he actually stepped in front. Uh, It it was kind of like one of those even rarer opportunities where it looks like we beat Aaron Rodgers on the play you know the the one from Eddie Jackson kind of looked like it was a throw that got away from him uh, or something Uh, and and Eddie just couldn't come down uh, with the football it slipped right through his hands but it's like Vildor was kind of off into the flat and Rodgers was trying to throw to to the receiver that was behind him being covered by someone else and he was going to just jump right in front of that throw and God only knows what happens uh, if he picks it off and how that would have changed uh, the football game, and instead, it was just an incomplete pass. And the what changed was the the score went from twenty-one to sixteen to twenty-eight to sixteen, and then Mitch's interception to Amos. And the Packers piled it on to get our final score of thirty-five to sixteen. So, like I said, he doesn't make those mistakes, and we have to make him pay for them. I mean, God forbid, God forbid, we beat the Saints on Sunday. We're going to Lambeau. Because the lowest seed, because the, the highest seed always gets the lowest seed available in the playoffs. So if we beat New Orleans, we're going to Green Bay for a third shot at Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And God forbid we can make that happen. God forbid Rodgers makes some of those mistakes again. We have to take advantage of them. We have to take advantage of them. I mean, how many times has Rodgers won a game? There at at least two off the top of my head. Uh, think about week one 2018 Kyle Fuller drops that interception uh, in the fourth quarter the very next play he throws an 80 yard touchdown the game winner to Randall Cobb that was the end of the football game right there you know if Kyle Fuller catches that ball Green Bay's got no timeouts we're kneeling on it to go one and oh and you know and we're off to the races in the Matt Nagy era with a week one win in Lambeau I mean how crazy would that have been but instead we let it slip through our hands, and Rodgers made us pay for it. Same thing happened with Kendall Vildor this past uh, Sunday. You know, he steps in front of that throw where he looks like he made a play on Rodgers. You know, he outsmarted Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers thought he was going to do this, and Vildor did that. Stepped in front of it. Boom! He should have picked it off, took it back the other way, and man, it probably would have given us the lead. I and mean, maybe he takes it back for a touchdown, twenty-three to twenty-one. All of a sudden, you know, we've got the lead in the fourth quarter now. But instead, he drops it, and Rodgers and company take advantage of our mistake and put it in the end zone to basically put the game away. So, you know, that's the difference between them and us right now. They take advantage of our mistakes, and uh, we we do not make them pay for theirs. So if we're lucky enough to get a third shot at Rodgers and Green Bay, then... (sighs) We're going to have to do everything we can if we can get them to make a mistake to make them pay for them. And, um, yeah, so anyway, that's all I got. You know, the the Bears, uh, I talked about it in the knee-jerk reaction. We had that drive that, that ended the third quarter. We started the fourth quarter. You know, we can sit and speculate about what the Bears should have done. It was a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. I agree with the call going for it. Um, just because I thought the Bears should be uh, aggressive and, and go for the lead as opposed to settling for another field goal. I don't have any problems with what Nagy did. Um, I just think it was a, a lousy play call, and there's still some speculation as to what, and I talked about this in the uh, Bear, Bear Down show last night, about what Jimmy Graham was supposed to be doing on that play. Was he supposed to be running off his defender so as to give Allen Robinson the flat, or should he have done uh, run an in route to kind of chip or block or whatever uh, the guy that was defending uh, Robinson so that he could be open to catch the football? Because instead, uh, Robinson basically got beat by his defender because his defender stepped in front of him and nearly picked it off uh, instead of uh, you know Robinson actually being open because he wasn't open on the play. That like I said, the defender beat him on that one. So there's a lot of speculation as to did Jimmy Graham screw that up? Should he have come uh, done uh, you know uh, cut, set a pick basically uh, for Robinson so he could have been open to make the catch uh, for one yard uh, or should you know di- or was he doing the right thing by kind of running his defender uh, down the field to open up that portion of the field for Robinson? We'll never know. But aside from that, it was another wasted opportunity. Um, and uh, like I said, Green Bay because their Green Bay made us pay for it you know we we went for it on fourth down trying to be aggressive and and try to take the lead there and uh couldn't pull it off so Aaron Rodgers uh, trotted it down the field put it in the end zone put the game away and that was all she wrote so Green Bay's got the weekend off they'll be sitting at home uh, waiting to see who they'll be playing next weekend and we have a game to prepare for this Sunday against the New Orleans Saints the 330 matchup it'll be on cbs of all places and, and all nfc matchup on uh cbs uh, we get nance and romo so at least we get the best team in the business uh calling the game on sunday and uh we'll see how it goes we're gonna have our good friend ross jackson on the show from locked on saints to preview the game we'll talk a bit about how the bears kind of let that one get away from us week eight uh when we played the saints in soldier field and uh see what his thoughts are on that and uh, how you know because after we saw after Ross it was like another uh, game or so after that 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 Breeze went down for five games or something like that and I think the Saints were undefeated in all of those games until Breeze came back to play the Chiefs and they got beat so um, another season where a good chunk of the year Drew Breeze was gone but it didn't matter because the Saints won all their games anywhere last year it was the Teddy Bridgewater show this year it was Taysom Hill uh, leading the way and getting them victory. So we'll talk to him about the Saints and, and uh, whether or not we'll have to face uh, the all of the big three this time. Because last uh, last year we didn't have to. We had to deal with Michael Thomas, but no Breeze and no Kamara. We lose anyway. This past season Breeze is in there. We got Kamara, but no Michael Thomas. He might be ready to go uh, for the playoffs. So we might have to deal with all three of them for the first time and god knows how many matchups so we'll uh we'll talk to ross on thursday and uh you know try to figure out uh the Bears have a shot in this one or if the odds makers are right and that nine and a half point uh spread that they've got on the game so far is them being generous because the saints are actually going to beat us by a hundred so uh we'll see it's like i said at the the top of the segment for teams like the Redskins, or excuse me, the Washington football team uh, and the Bears, those are the teams that basically people feel like they have no business being in the playoffs and they're kind of uh, just make, made it in by default, you know. Uh, Washington because they just happen to be the, you know, the, the cream of the crap in, uh, in the NFC East this year. Uh, And the Bears just kind of backing their way in, you know, a team that lost six games in the middle of the season somehow found its way into the uh, into the playoffs. So we'll uh, (laughs) we'll we'll see what uh, what the Bears are going to do, what the football team's going to do and uh, how they're going to answer for their spot in the playoffs. Do they deserve it uh, or will they be getting those early exits because we had no business being there in the first place? Uh, we'll be back on Thursday with Ross Jackson uh, from Locked On Saints to talk about it. And until then, my name is Larry D. And this has been the Bears Talk Underground. Hey, hey.